We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. We had two weeks left in this series, all right? Um, it was going to be this week, next week. Um, but I got into this thing, and I was telling Tina yesterday, I'm like, babe, this is like two messages. And um, because I love you so much, shout so much, I decided to break that message up, and I keep you here for three, four hours. Somebody should be praising the Lord for that. No, I want a real praise, like <laughs> a sanctified praise. <laughs> So, with that being said, we've got this week, next week, and then we've got our final week. We still haven't dealt with our singles yet, and we're going to get to you guys, I promise you, <clears throat> um, by the end of the series, uh, speak directly to you. But we're going to continue on uh, kind of where we were. I think we're kind of turning another curb now. Um, but let's turn to the book of Luke, chapter 9, verse 57. <clears throat> Excuse me. Luke 9, 57. Our focal text would be verse 58, but we'll read both. I hadn't said a joke yet. What are you talking about? I'm laughing. Luke 9, 57. Let's do the New King James, I think. Let me just double check that because I know it takes you a long time to get there. So I can work on this while you do that. Are you there? Oh, look at y'all. The one Sunday I need a second. Are you ready? Let's go, Pastor One Zoo. Let's go. Luke 9 57. 58. Yeah, 57. New King James Version. <coughs> Y'all ready? And it says, Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Read verse 58 again. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nest, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. <coughs> Our topic for discussion today, and I want you to write this down, uh, is the phrase, the comforts of home. Say that with me, the comforts of home. Jesus' response uh, to this man's statement <clears throat> may seem off-putting if you don't understand the rabbi to disciple or teacher to disciple dynamic of that day. This man comes to Jesus and basically says, hey, um, I want you to be my rabbi, my teacher, and I am going to be your student. And in response to this man's statement, because he made a statement, he didn't ask a question. He made a statement. Jesus basically says, are you sure this is what you want? 
<clears throat> in that day, um, it was standard that the student would live full time with his rabbi, his teacher, or his master. He would live in the house with him. The disciple was expected to uh, spend 24 hours a day um, learning from his disciple, um, both through teachings and just watching. Um, it was an affair. You stayed with that person, the person that you made your rabbi or your teacher. Um, part of this learning would be classroom time. In the house, you know, they had homeschooling. Um, it was homeschooled, and you would be homeschooled on the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible. And then after you finished your homeschooling, you would go out and do some field studies, and you would go out and lay hands on people. You would teach the word and all of these different things, and you would travel throughout that area or even a little bit further. And at the end of each day or at the end of your travels, you would make your way back home together with your rabbi or your teacher, and Y'all would go back home to get revitalized, to go back out again and do it all over. What Jesus says to this man <clears throat> when he says, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Jesus is basically saying to this man that I am a rabbi without the comforts of a home. Jesus says, in other words, I'm a homeless rabbi. And it is okay if you want to follow me. It is okay if you want to be my disciple, but you must understand something. Once we get out here in these streets, there's no place that we're going to go. So once we go out here and when we start to minister and things start to get a little hot and we got some smoke on us, there's no place that we can run and hide. When we get tired and we want to rest our heads and we want a moment to lay down, there is no place that we can go because I am a homeless rabbi and I do not have the comforts of a home. Based upon what Jesus or based upon Jesus's response to this man's statement, it lets me know that life is a lot harder, more complicated, more difficult when I don't have the comforts. Of home. Jesus was telling this man that ministry is great, but it's going to be extremely difficult if you don't have a home. Your work life can be amazing. Your money can be amazing. You can go have all of this success, but if you don't have the comforts of home, it's going to be extremely difficult. Extremely difficult. And what I learned from Jesus' statement, and I've got three points for you today, what I learned from Jesus' statement is that it takes work. Establishing comforts at home means work. Now, here's the thing. I want to be very clear. I'm not talking about your plush couch. I'm not talking about your $2,000 bed. I am talking about the spirit of comfort in your home. I'm not talking about your recliner. I'm not talking about the meals that you cook so well, your macaroni and cheese and your baked potato. Oh, I'm not talking about all those things. I am talking about the spirit of comfort. Is my house a place that I want to go to? Is my house a place where my kids want to go to? Is my house a place where my kids' friends want to spend the night? Is my house a place that my spouse wants to come to? 
Let's get point number one. Verse 57, now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone had said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Our first point is construction. Say that with me, construction. Said holes. Nest. Say holes. Nest. Holes are dug. And nests are built. Holes are dug, nests are big. Foxes dig holes. Nests are built by birds. And if a fox understands that it's going to have to dig for its comfort. And a bird understands that it's going to have to build for its comfort. Then we must understand that comfort just doesn't happen in the home. It has to be constructed. Just because you have two and a half kids, a dog, a white picketed fence around your house, and your bank account is full of money, you're driving a car that you want to, does not mean that you have comfort in your home. Just because you said, I do at the altar, just because these kids popped out and you got five and six of them, I see you and that is great. But that's all aesthetics. I'm not talking about the aesthetics and the look of it. I'm talking about the spirit of it. The spirit of comfort has to be constructed. The part that blew me away about this text is that how is it that an animal that is void of the spirit of God knows that it has to put in work to create comfort? And we want to sit back and think everything's going to be okay because I got these kids and I got a husband. Comfort has to be intentionally developed. Here's what I want you to write down. I have to be willing to deal with the dirt and use the broken pieces. Y'all just missed my preacher stuff. Foxes dig in dirt. Birds use broken branches to build. And I'm telling you, you've got to be willing to dig in the dirt. And you have to be willing to take all of the broken branches of your life and build something with purpose. I've got to be willing, listen to me, I've got to be willing for my family. When it comes to my family, I have to be willing to roll up my sleeves, get dirt underneath my fingernails, and dig as deep as I have to to make sure I hit comfort. When it comes to my family, I have to be willing to take all of the broken branches and all the broken dreams and all of my disappointments and use those for purpose in building a home of comfort. Comfort has to be constructed. Comfort just doesn't happen inside of a house. Comfort doesn't come from your 72-inch TV that you watch every day. 
Comfort comes when I'm being extremely intentional about the environment, the temperament inside of my house. I have to construct that. I have to be intentional about that. I have to make sure that I'm always paying attention to the temperature in my house to ensure that there's always comfort. There's a comfort level for everybody. I like to sleep. Don't judge me, but I like to sleep with my AC down to 73. Somebody said amen. That's a blessing. You get it. Listen to me. That's a comfort level. That's a, that's, that's a, all of us have a comfort. What is the comfort level in your house? What is comfort for you? Listen, not comfort for my house. Don't look at the underwoods and expect for your comfort to look like mine. No. What is the comfort for your house? That is why I say I've got to dig and I've got to build because my comfort is exactly for me. It is not yours. You got to dig, y'all. You got to dig for it. You have to work for it. You have to be intentional about it because otherwise you won't ever find it. You won't ever find comfort if you don't build it. Tell me, y'all. Listen to me. It blew me away. How does it make sense that an animal understands that it has to be built? I got to create this space. It don't just happen. I don't care how many houses you've built and how much it costs, but you got to create a space of comfort. Listen to me. There are people in houses and in, in, in Owlsworth, whatever neighborhood you want to call it, that want to kill themselves because they ain't got no comfort. You have to create and develop and build comfort. You have to be intentional about making sure that we diffuse every crisis. Oh, gosh, y'all. I was telling y'all that me and, my, me and Tina were in the car. She might even agree with me. It, it, I don't think it was a big deal, but it was a deal to me because I don't like the girl being mad at me. I don't. I said to myself, I pro- we probably got about three blocks, and I said to myself, no, nah, Wanzo, you're going to fix this. <laughs> y'all not listening. It doesn't matter if it's your spouse or if it's your child. We got to fix this because I'm being intentional about building a home that is comfortable. I got to have a space that I'm comfortable. That is the reason why this is no judgment towards you, but that is the reason why so many of us want a man cave or a woman cave because there's no comfort in the home. So I get me a room by myself so I can be comfortable. No judgment. I'm not talking about you, but think about it. Need my space. No, this is my space. You, you, do you hear them? It, it, is, it, is, it is work, y'all. It is intentionality. It is making sure that you're asking God, what do I need to do? Who do I need to be? How do I need to adjust this Holy Spirit? Lead me in what I say to my wife and my children to make sure that there's always a comfort level in my house. Even in the midst of a crisis. Even when there's disappointment, there still should be a comfort level. God, so, y'all, I'm teaching so good. I'm going to listen to this thing next week. D- listen to me. There has to be a comfort level in your house. It is not enabling. It's just comfort. Oh, gosh. You ever go to the, go, go have a surgeon, you're in the hospital, and, and it is the job. You're in super pain, big time pain, but it's the job of the nurses to make sure that you're comfortable. Sir, I just want to make you comfortable. Is your, is your bed good? Is everything okay? I can't do anything about your pain, but I'll make sure your bed is good. 
We're going to deal with the issues. We're going to fix anything that needs to be fixed, but we're going to make sure that the temperature in our house is always comfortable. That has to be taught. And it has to be respected. Check this out. Um, I told you guys I sleep at 73. I say I. We all sleep at 73 because we all in the house together. We sleep at 73, but when we get up, we turn it up to 75, 76. We leave the house, just keep it nice and decent. But if I ever come home and someone didn't adjust the temperature and it's still on 73, who didn't do what they were supposed to? Who, who didn't do what they were supposed to? Somebody missed something somewhere. You have to do the same thing about the comfort level in your home. Who touched that thermostat? Who didn't, who didn't hold up their end of the bargain? <laughs> who, who didn't do exactly what they were supposed to do in this house to ensure that we always stay at 73? Okay. Oh, God, I'm going to keep going. Listen. It is, listen to me, the comfort level is always on display. There's no mistaking what the comfort level is going to be. It's always displayed. I don't care if you can go upstairs in my house, that thermostat's going to say 73. You go downstairs in my house, it's going to say 75. There's always a display of the comfort level. What am I saying? The comfort level of your house is not just said, it is on display always, regardless of the situation or circumstance. We should always know that this is the comfort level in our house. We don't talk to each other like that. It's funny, we, were, we have a group chat at, at, with, our, with our kids and everything, and Kennedy was quoting, not quoting something. She was saying, well, what if somebody said this? And she wrote it the way that we speak in our house. And I think it was Cody. He was like, yo, they don't speak like us. Listen to me. It's, it, there, there's a certain expectation. There's a certain way. There's a certain brand. There's a certain way that we do things in this house always. And that, that derives from the comfort level that we've chosen for our house. What's the comfort level of your house? What is it? Ezra, you can't have an idea of the comfort level, but your baby girl got a different level or understanding of comfort level, and your boy has a different level of comfort. No, this is the comfort level of the house. Because here's the thing. Oh, I'm, I'm going to give it away. No, no, let's go do the next one. <clears throat> Somebody saw construct. Okay. Let's go to verse 58. Y'all learning anything so far? Okay. If it don't, this is fun for me. It's all good. Um, verse 58. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Point number two is rest. This is really the first comfort of a home. We're going to talk about rest. First, we talked about it's got to be built. It just doesn't happen. But this is the first comfort of a home. It should be rest. Shout rest. Now, on the basic human level, we all need a place to sleep. We have to have a bed. We got to have some place to lay down. We got to have a roof over our heads to rest, to revitalize our bodies. That is just a basic human need. But how many know that you can have 
what is called a sleep number. You can have a sleep number bed and, and incline that mug and, and get the cooling and get the cooling uh the, the pillow that cool, you know what I'm talking about? Get that that pillow that cool. You can get all this stuff and put your and put the temperature on 73. And you have gone to sleep and still haven't gotten rest. I'm, I'm not talking about the physical aspect of it. I'm, I'm, I'm going deeper than that because here's the thing. Jesus says the, the son of man has nowhere to lay, to lay, to lay his head. That word right there is a Greek word, klino. And it means to incline or bend. So on the surface, he was, yes, he was talking about, yes, we got to have a space to lay down. We got to have a space to just rest. But when he goes deeper, this word also means to pour out. Home should be the place where I can pour out the burdens of my mind. Home should be the space where I can pour out the burdens on my heart. Not just go to sleep. I need rest. I need rest for my mind. I need rest for my spirit. I need rest for my heart. And if I can't go home and get rest and I just go to sleep, I'll find myself in this cycle of always wanting to quit because I have yet rested. I've only gone to sleep. Jesus says this resting is way deeper than just going to sleep. Somebody shout, I need rest. You can lay down as much as you want, but if you don't have rest in your mind and rest in your spirit and rest in your thoughts, shout out, I need rest. I honestly believe the reason why depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, divorce, is so prevalent in our communities today is because we don't go home and get rest. I'm, I, you know, you don't have to nod your head or agree with me. But rest for most of us is looking at our phone. I'm trying to take my mind off it. Rest for many of us is watching Netflix. I'm just trying to escape for a few minutes. Listen to Jesus. He says, I have no place to lay my head. Check this out. I'm gonna, I'll prove it to you. It's not about rest. It's not about sleep. How many times in Scripture did you hear of Jesus going to sleep? Good job, Ezra. One. And guess where he was sleeping? He was in the midst of a storm on a boat with no bed. It ain't about sleep. It's about rest. Shout rest. It is about me being able to pour out. Y'all listen to me. It is about me being able to pour out and how I feel and how it hurt me and how this bothers me. I have to have a space when I come home in the comfort of my home to be able to say to somebody, I am hurt. I am down. I am drained. And if I don't say something to somebody, I'm going to lose my mind. I got to have a space where I'm comfortable. Shout rest. rest. I was laughing at 
Tina yesterday because um, we, we have this weird thing, we, her and I do, we don't tell each other what we're talking about on Sundays. So it's like, you know, when you get up there, it's like the punchline, you know what I mean? Like you go to everybody else. And um, <clears throat> yesterday she kept asking me, this is something we do in my house on a regular basis. It's like, what you thinking? Like you could hear in my house on any given day, what you thinking to somebody asking it to somebody at least 25 times. What you thinking? What you got going on? How you feel? I made Cheyenne laugh one time. I said, Cheyenne, you happy? Dang, Mr. Underwood. Listen to me. Sometimes you got to pull it out. Tina was making me laugh yesterday because she asked me like 10 times, you okay? What's going on with you? Yeah, man, I'm good. (laughs) Calm down. But here's my point. She wanted to ensure that I had a space to pour out. Y'all missing this altogether. She wanted to make sure that I had a space to pour out. Don't get mad at your kids when they come home and they're talking about a whole bunch of stuff that don't got nothing to do with you. That childish stuff don't make no sense. But check this out. Little Johnny at five-year-olds need a place to rest. Ooh, I'm teaching so good today, y'all. Kindergarten, pre-K, they need a space to come home and say, Mommy, I need rest. Because Billy didn't let me play with the truck today. And what we typically do is when we get into a crisis, the first thing we want to do is go to sleep. You ever notice that? I just need to go to sleep. (laughs) I, I I just need to go to sleep. I need to take a nap. No, the first thing you need to do is pour out. I know you don't work at that job with him, and none of that stuff matters to you. I know you don't care about all that girly stuff. Kennedy cracks me up. She'd be telling me about volleyball, like, yo, I play football because I play some basketball. <laughs> but it don't stop her because she just come home and she just be going, Dad, hey, 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 listen to me. But we've, we've created an environment where it's comfortable to pour out. Listen to me. Even with that effort, you still will miss stuff. You still will miss stuff. But what I'm saying is this. We can stop all of this, We can help stop all of this anxiety. We can help stop all of the depression. We can help stop all of these feelings and emotions that we don't understand if we just had a space where we could just pour out. Check this out. Can I talk to the men for two seconds? Y'all better say yeah. Believe it or not, bro, talking to my dogs, you know. Believe it or not, bro, you need a space to pour out. I don't want to give my next point away because it's my last point tonight, so I can't go too deep with this. But believe it or not, regardless if you think it is beneficial, you need a space to pour out. A cup is always a good place to pour a drink. Always. 
you'd never pour a drink inside of a, a plate. I'm saying that so we can hear the fact that when he comes home, wife, you have to be a good space. A space that can receive. A space that's not judgmental <laughs> of him pouring out. Because all of us need rest. I know he's Superman, but he needs rest. Shout rest. Let's get this last point. Verse 58. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Final point for today is the word refuge. Say that with me, refuge. My home should be a place, and hear me on this. My home should be a place where I can run to and hide. Hmm. My home should be a place. It should be so comfortable. But I can run into it and hide. Because sometimes the job gets the better of me. And I've been trying to figure this thing out for a long time. Sometimes I've put in all the effort, I've done everything right, and I still can't get a good grade. And I need a place that I can go to and hide from the things that are warring against me. I have to have a safe place that I can retreat to where I know I will be accepted. That has to be done with intentionality. We have to be very intentional about making sure that our home is a place of refuge. Shout refuge. Because if you don't intentionally create a space of refuge, you will by default create a space of rebuke. If I don't know and I don't feel comfortable about me coming home and running from the things that are warring against me, all of the things in my mind, everything I deal with at the job, all of the issues in my family or my extended family, and I can't run home and be safe there, by by default, I am being rebuked. Oh, gosh, I'm teaching so good today, y'all. We don't look at it like that, but by default, we are rebuking the people that we love because we haven't created a space that they can run to. So what ends up happening, because all of us, all of us need a space that we can run to. And if I don't have that space at home, I will go find it in someone or something. Amen. 
They love you to death. They love the kids. But if I can't come home knowing that I'm going to be accepted with all of my crisis and all of my issues and all of my challenges and all of my problems, I will find a space where someone will accept me. Because it's been rebuked by the one that I love. So, I, oh gosh, so I'll find myself, listen to me, I'll find myself in relationship with things that are in disagreement with the person that God has called me to be. I'll find myself taking refuge on the other side of the fence. <laughs> I'll find myself taking refuge at the end of a text message with someone who's not in my family. I'll find myself taking refuge in the bottom of a bottle because I didn't get refuge at home. I want you to understand this. When they come home running, they have to have open arms to know that this place is a safe place to let it all out. If you are dealing with something wherever you're at, this is the spot for you to come. Because the moment that I don't, it is an automatic rebuke. I want you to hear this song. Listen to me. I know we don't look at it like that, but the moment that she comes home and she says, baby, we got to talk, and you shut her down, that was the rebuke. The moment that he comes home and you ain't got time for it, that was the rebuke. The moment that the kids come home and they're trying to tell you about their 12th grade, 12th grade stuff that does not have anything to do with you, and you rebuke it, they'll go find refuge someplace else. Check this out. Refuge is so important, you'll go find refuge with your enemy. Oh, just look in Scripture. David couldn't go home to his homeland Israel because Saul was trying to kill him. He went and took refuge with his enemy in a place called Ziklag. This, this place, Ziklag, that David went to, it, is, it, it comes from a Hebrew root word that means to press someone mentally in order to bring out what's kept inside. So because I got rebuked where I was supposed to have safety, I go to my enemy and I start giving up the secrets of my heart and the secrets of my mind. And then my enemy uses those things against me to put me in a position where I don't have protection. Do you remember when David was off and gone, Ziklag got attacked because there was no protection? Refuge. I have to have a place of refuge. I have to have a place of refuge. Sometimes the job is just too much for me. Sometimes school is just too much for me. Sometimes I cannot figure it out and this thing is beating me alive. And I got to be able to come home and say, baby, I don't know what to do. Somebody shout refuge. And I know that we've never looked at it like this before. But the moment. They can't find refuge. And I'm saying from 5 to 95, the moment they can't find refuge, that moment was the rebuke. And you just told them, 
it's okay to go get refuge someplace else. So I start finding refuge in, in the things that oppose the God that I serve. Mm, y'all. I go find refuge in things that go against the vows that I took. Because in my mind, I've been rebuked. My home, our homes, has to be a place of rest. And it has to be a place of refuge. And both of those things have to be constructed. They have to be built. You've got to dig. You've got to build. You've got to get dirty sometimes. You're going to get tired sometimes. But it's going to take work because it is a necessity for us to have those things in the home. Jesus says, yes, you can follow me, but I can tell you this. I'm a, I'm a, a man. I'm a teacher. And I'm one of the best. But I don't have a home. You know what's funny? When you look through Jesus' narrative, what he says there is much deeper to me because you got to understand that Jesus had a bunch of half-sisters and half-brothers. James, one of his brothers, didn't believe on him. They thought Jesus was crazy, y'all. Like his family was dysfunctional. Like if you, if you, if you want to, like the definition of dysfunctional family, look at Jesus' family. They thought he was crazy. He ain't the son of God. What is this boy talking about? His brother James, who ended up being one of the pillars of the church, didn't believe on him until after he was dead and gone. Jesus says, listen, man, I'm homeless. I got brothers and sisters, but I still feel homeless. I got a wife. I got kids, but I still feel homeless. Jesus says, I'm, 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 uh, listen, I, I'm a teacher, I'm a rabbi without a home. I'm giving every check I got to a house, that I, a place that I don't live. I'm cutting the grass at a place where I just don't feel home. I'm laying in a bed that I paid for, but I still just don't feel like home. Because there's no rest there. There's no refuge there. And, if, and, and, and if, if we want this family thing to work, those two characteristics have to make up your home. Somebody shout refuge. Shout rest. Stand to your feet. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.